Chapter Three, Section Ten, Part Two, of the Greek View of Life by Goldsworthy Lowes Dickinson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Geeson. Chapter Three, Section Ten, Friendship, Part Two so much indeed were the greeks impressed with the manliness of this passion with its power to prompt to high thought and heroic action that some of the best of them set the love of man for man far above that of man for woman the one they maintained was primarily of the spirit the other primarily of the flesh the one bent upon shaping to the type of all manly excellence both the body and the soul of the beloved the other upon a passing pleasure of the senses and they noted that among the barbarians who were subject to tyrants this passion was discouraged along with gymnastics and philosophy because it was felt by their masters that it would be fatal to their power so essentially was it the prerogative of freedom so incompatible with the nature and the status of a slave it is in the works of plato that this view is most completely and exquisitely set forth to him love is the beginning of all wisdom and among all the forms of love that one in chief which is conceived by one man for another of which the main operation and end is in the spirit and which leads on and out from the passion for a particular body and soul to an enthusiasm for that highest beauty wisdom and excellence of which the most perfect mortal forms are but a faint and inadequate reflection such a love is the initiation into the higher life the spring at once of virtue of philosophy and of religion always operative in practice in greek life it was not invented but interpreted by plato the philosopher merely gave an ideal expression to what was stirring in the heart of every generous youth and the passage which we have selected for quotation may be taken as representative not only of the personality of plato but of the higher aspect of a characteristic phase of greek civilization and now taking my leave of you i will rehearse a tale of love which i heard from diotima of mantinea a woman wise in this and in many other kinds of knowledge she was my instructress in the art of love and i shall repeat to you what she said to me 
on the birthday of aphrodite there was a feast of the gods at which the god poros or plenty who is the son of metis or discretion was one of the guests when the feast was over penia or poverty as the manner is on such occasions came about the doors to beg now plenty who was the worse for nectar there was no wine in those days went into the garden of zeus and fell into a heavy sleep and poverty considering her own straitened circumstances plotted to have a child by him and accordingly she lay down at his side and conceived love who partly because he is naturally a lover of the beautiful and because aphrodite is herself beautiful and also because he was born on her birthday is her follower and attendant and as his parentage is so also are his fortunes in the first place he is always poor and anything but tender and fair as the many imagine him and he is rough and squalid and has no shoes nor a house to dwell in on the bare earth exposed he lies under the open heaven in the streets or at the doors of houses taking his rest and like his mother he is always in distress like his father too whom he also partly resembles he is always plotting against the fair and good he is bold enterprising strong a mighty hunter always weaving some intrigue or other keen in the pursuit of wisdom fertile in resources a philosopher at all times terrible as an enchanter sorcerer sophist he is by nature neither mortal nor immortal but alive and flourishing at one moment when he is in plenty and dead at another moment and again alive by reason of his father's nature but that which is always flowing in is always flowing out and so he is never in want and never in wealth and further he is in a mean between ignorance and knowledge the truth of the matter is this no god is a philosopher or seeker after wisdom neither do the ignorant seek after wisdom for herein is the evil of ignorance that he who is neither good nor wise is nevertheless satisfied with himself he has no desire for that of which he feels no want but who then diotima i said are the lovers of wisdom if they are neither the wise nor the foolish a child may answer that question she replied they are those who are in a mean between the two love is one of them for wisdom is a most beautiful thing and love is of the beautiful 
and therefore love is also a philosopher or lover of wisdom and being a lover of wisdom is in a mean between the wise and the ignorant and of this too his birth is the cause for his father is wealthy and wise and his mother poor and foolish such my dear socrates is the nature of the spirit love i said o thou stranger woman thou sayest well but assuming love to be such as you say what is the use of him to man that socrates she replied i will attempt to unfold of his nature and birth i have already spoken and you acknowledge that love is of the beautiful but some one will say of the beautiful in what socrates and diotima or let me put the question more clearly and ask when a man loves the beautiful what does he desire i answered her that the beautiful may be his still she said the answer suggests a further question what is given by the possession of beauty to what you have asked i said i have no answer ready then she said let me put the word good in the place of beautiful and repeat the question once more if he who loves loves the good what is it then that he loves the possession of the good i said and what does he gain who possesses the good happiness i replied there is less difficulty in answering that question yes she said the happy are made happy by the acquisition of good things nor is there any need to ask why a man desires happiness the answer is already final you are right i said and is this wish and this desire common to all and do all men always desire their own good or only some men what say you all men i replied the desire is common to all then she said the simple truth is that men love the good yes i said to which must be added that they love the possession of the good that must be added too then love she said may be described generally as the love of the everlasting possession of the good that is most true then if this be the nature of love can you tell me further she said what is the manner of the pursuit what are they doing who show all this eagerness and heat which is called love and what is the object which they have in view answer me nay diotima i replied if i had known i should not have wondered at your wisdom neither should i have come to learn from you about this very matter well she said i will teach you the object which they have in view is 
birth in beauty whether of body or soul i do not understand you i said the oracle requires an explanation i will make my meaning clearer she replied i mean to say that all men are bringing to the birth in their bodies and in their souls there is a certain age at which human nature is desirous of procreation procreation which must be in beauty and not in deformity and this procreation is the union of a man and woman and is a divine thing for conception and generation are an immortal principle in the mortal creature and in the inharmonious they can never be but the deformed is always inharmonious with the divine and the beautiful harmonious beauty then is the destiny or goddess of parturition who presides at birth and therefore when approaching beauty the conceiving power is propitious and diffusive and benign and begets and bears fruit at the sight of ugliness she frowns and contracts and has a sense of pain and turns away and shrivels up and not without a pang refrains from conception and this is the reason why when the hour of conception arrives and the teeming nature is full there is such a flutter and ecstasy about beauty whose approach is the alleviation of the pain of travail for love socrates is not as you imagine the love of the beautiful only what then the love of generation and of birth in beauty yes i said yes indeed she replied but why of generation because to the mortal creature generation is a sort of eternity and immortality she replied and if as has been already admitted love is of the everlasting possession of the good all men will necessarily desire immortality together with good wherefore love is of immortality End of chapter 3, section 10, part 2 Recording by Martin Giessen in Hazelmere, Surrey